All right, here we go. Another episode of Inappropriate Earl. Uh, this week is uh, kind of a special and weird week on the podcast as we don't, we, I mean I, this is all done by myself, people. I uh, was not able to line up a guest, so I thought every now and then I used to, uh, early on in the podcast, throw up a clip of my stand-up because I have a lot of um, out-of-town people who have never really heard me do comedy outside of a little chunk on YouTube or whatnot, but uh, I recently performed uh, 20 Minutes opening up for the great Roastmaster General Jeff Ross, and I was lucky enough to record both the video and audio, so this will be obviously just a audio portion of the show, just to give you people who haven't seen me live do stand-up an idea of what I do, um, and then hopefully uh, I have a few people coming in uh, this week live and in person, so uh, we'll be back to interviewing actual live humans, and uh, you know we'll talk about uh, life, a lot of things going on right now in the world, uh, Aaron Hernandez prosecution, the defense uh, rested today, we got the uh, German airplane, you know, I mean Jesus Christ, it's bad enough flying these days anyway when the two pilots up front are sane people now every time you get on a plane you have to worry if one's a homicidal maniac who you know is having girl problems um you know skid row fired their singer the second singer who's been in the band for 15 years and i don't think one person can name that guy's name of course i can johnny solinger and the they replaced him with the wonderful singer from TNT, the great uh, Tony Harnell, who's got an amazing voice. But, uh, you know, in the year 2015, getting excited about Skid Row's uh, replacement singer for the replacement singer uh, to the great Sebastian Bach, uh, it's a little hard to muster up. Uh, the only thing less exciting than this announcement by the band is Rand Paul's announcement saying he's running for president but uh you know i like I, I just report the news guys i just report the news kind of some funny uh things out there in the universe right now burger king is paying for the wedding of a man with the last name of burger and his wife-to-be whose last name is king uh there's a wedding that's destined for greatness when you have to rely on Burger King to foot the bill, that's probably going to... Who's paying for the divorce? Probably the guy. Uh, I mean, who's uh, paying for the Lipschitz wedding? Chapstick? Hello! I'm bombing on my own podcast right now. Uh, I just saw this breaking news. Uh, some reality show couple just had their 19th kid. And... Uh, Wow, after 18 kids, the 19th kid must have felt like he was being shot out of a cannon. Hey, hey uh, for uh, my fans, and hopefully you're all fans listening to this, um, I want to start a uh, fantasy football league. Uh, so far, uh, my first two choices on the board are uh, Aaron Hernandez and Ray Carruth. 
You know, Dale Carnegie said you never achieve success unless you like what you're doing. Uh, tell that to the custodian at the porno theater right down the street from my house. Today's actually a special day. It uh, marks the anniversary of the last concert. Steven Adler uh, played in Guns N' Roses before getting kicked out for drugs. The good news is that he still uses and thinks they have a gig tomorrow. Hey! Here's a funny thing about Steven Adler. Is I actually used to live in the same building as him. And uh, he was a great guy, man. I mean, his brain was gone. And this is in like right after he got kicked out of Guns N' Roses. So he wasn't in the best place mentally. But it's always made me wonder, how in the hell does a guy get kicked out of Guns N' Roses for doing too many drugs? I mean, that's like getting kicked out of Little League for using a bat. And Slash had to tell him, you know you have a serious drug problem when Slash looks at you and goes, hey, bro, you've had enough. And, uh, you know, keeping in the uh, medical, uh, or metal, metal, not medical. You might be medical, too. Keeping in the uh, metal nose, news, nose, news, the nose, nose, the news, that uh, A.J. Perro, the drummer from Twisted Sister, uh, unfortunately passed away. And uh, it's also unfortunate that the other four members are still alive and going to tour again. I mean, you know a band's fan base is old and fat when the mosh pit is just two guys staring at each other, going, hey, are you going to move or am I going to move? Uh, he died of a heart attack, which is uh, sad, and it just is uh, medical proof, I guess, that uh, he couldn't take it anymore. hey um, So, and Bobby Blotzer from Rat, is this is the metal news, I guess, uh, is now going to go out with uh, four buddies of his from uh, Vegas, the Sin City Sinners, and he's going to play Rat songs. So you get the Rat experience. With the drummer. I mean, who the hell wants the rat experience with the drummer? That's like going to a prostitute and getting the girlfriend experience. So uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But hey, you know, I find it funny that he was giving Stephen Piercy shit for singing rat songs with four Mexican guys he picked up from the Troubadour. And now he's doing the very same thing. So these 80s metal guys just shut up get along and make some money playing state fairs and crab shacks and we'll all be good now many of you know this but uh my favorite rock group of all time is uh kiss and uh you know it really bothers people that kiss is in the rock and roll hall of fame you know, you might not find a band who's more musically uh, challenged than Kiss being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I think you get why they are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when you go see them in concert. Because, you know, you could go to a uh, record store. I don't even think they have record stores anymore. And you can uh, buy a Kiss CD, a, a tape, a record, whatever they sell these days. I don't know. Or just go on iTunes. You could hear any song from any Kiss album and go, that's eh, okay. Heard better, heard worse. But then you see them live. Even the current version of Kiss, which is basically the Jewish Menudo, because they, you know, put guys and other guys' makeup. They don't know that Kiss fans don't know the difference. I mean, 
Kiss fans are one step above pro wrestling fans. I mean, they actually think Kiss still tours for the money. And, uh, I mean, still tours for the fans. That was a Freudian slip there. Can Gene sue me? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, you know, you, you go to a Kiss concert, you hear them play that same song you thought was average on disc or whatever, and you're like, this is the greatest band of all time. Because Kiss in concert does everything they can musically to make you forget. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Kiss does everything they can visually to make you forget how bad they are musically. I mean, you got the drum kit rising to the ceiling of the arena. You got Gene spitting blood going up to the ceiling of the arena singing God of Thunder. You've got Paul flying over the crowd during Love Gun. You've got, you know, uh, Tommy Thayer who plays Ace Freely shooting laser beams out of his guitar. You've got Eric Singer, the drummer, who's dressed up as Peter Chris twirling drumsticks that are set on fire. You don't even listen to the fucking music after a couple of songs. You know, I liken it to, like, if you went to a baseball game and there was a batter on your favorite team who was batting 120 and led the league in strikeouts. I mean, he literally probably struck out 90% of the time. But each time he struck out, whether he was swinging the bat or took a called strike, his bat would explode, and then laser beams would come out of his shoes. You'd think this guy was the greatest fucking baseball player of all time. So there you go. I'm, I'm, listen, I finally get Kiss and why they do all the other stuff. So... You know, I hope you enjoy this 20-minute set from Irvine. I gave you a little bonus. You know, I, I haven't had my energy drink today, so I, I, I messed up a few words just now, but I wanted to give you a little introduction. I could have just thrown the clip up there and done nothing, but instead I thought because I love my fans so much, I'd give you, you know, 10 minutes of yummy goodness mixed in with the soothing sounds of Stevie Rochelle providing the soundtrack on every episode of Inappropriate Earl with the lovely band Tough and their big hit, Forever Yours. So uh, we'll be back next week with some guests. I hope you enjoy uh, my stand-up comedy, 20 Minutes from Irvine with the great Jeff Ross with Whitney Rice uh, hosting the show. She's awesome, so check her out too. Whitney Lee Rice on Twitter and Facebook and I think on Instagram. She's Wit Lee Rice. She's going to be a big star one day. And you guys, she's done a few episodes of Inappropriate Earl. And you guys could say you knew her when. And uh, check out other uh, episodes of Inappropriate Earl. Fred Corey, Cinderella, Stephen Piercy, Rat, Tawny Katane, uh, Bobby Brown, David Arquette. There's some good ones. And my stand-up comedy friends as well. They're great. I tried to expose them to the masses. I probably should uh, concentrate on exposing myself. But, uh, you know, I've never been known to be a smart thinker with my career. So, guys, once again, uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Earl Skakel, E-A-R-L-S-K-A-K-E-L. -E and uh, if you go on uh, my revamped YouTube page, once again, youtube.com backslash Earl Skakel, if you could... Uh, Promote the 20-minute uh, uh, video portion of this uh, comedy you're about to hear from the Irvine Improv. That would be great. Retweet it and share it on Facebook. That helps me out. I'm just trying to make it, guys. Just trying to promote. Just trying to be a busy little promoting beaver. So uh, thanks again for all the reviews on iTunes and uh, listening. 
trying to do this once a week so you guys can have something to do. I do not watch pornography. And I know it looks like I produce it, but. I can't watch porn for one reason. It's not religious reasons. It's not for any high moralistic reasons. It's just that 20 seconds into watching any film, my glasses fog up. I can't see anything. Hey, do you guys think OJ ever watched Dexter and thought, now that's how I should have done it? I do have to apologize to each and every one of you. Um, I'm the reason the show was late. Uh, I drove Jeff and Whitney here, and uh, we were driving on the five, and I saw a huge neon sign that said Black Angus Restaurant, but the G was out. <laughs> so we had to stop off and get some appetizers. Best damn cinnamon rings I've ever had. I live in West Hollywood. It's kind of a gay neighborhood. Uh, actually, it's very gay neighborhood. It's not kind of gay. I mean, if I'm walking my dog late at night and I drop the keys, I've got to kick the dog and the keys up two blocks. Every business has a huge sign that says parking and rear. <laughs> I go to the gay 24-hour fitness to work out. It's like a Fellini film in that gym. <laughs> and I want it to look really good for you guys tonight, because I know Irvine's a very good-looking crowd, man. And uh, I mean, the women in this crowd are beautiful. And I would sleep with half the guys in the crowd. <laughs> So I thought this morning it would be a really good idea if I tried to bench press 315 pounds for the very first time. Which is kind of weird, because I never lifted more than 100 once. But I did a lot of steroids last night. Ate three bottles of creatine this morning. Two bottles of ginkgo biboba to help me focus. And I watched a Tony Robbins infomercial from beginning to end. Tony Robbins is one of the great American thinkers of this generation. And if you can get past his horse face-like features, he makes a lot of great points. Now I know nobody in this room, so you guys can take this and apply it to your life no matter what you do, whether you're a comic, an actor, a musician, a plumber, a prostitute, no matter what you guys do, you can live a better life tomorrow because of what I'm about to tell you. Because Tony Robbins says, if you see it, if you think it, if you believe it, you guys can achieve it. Well, he's full of shit. Because <laughs> all I saw was 315 pounds crashing down on my chest. <laughs> and a guy in a thong leaps over from the leg press machine and teabagged me. And that 315 pounds felt like a fucking feather! So guys, forget the amino acids, forget the energy drinks. 
A man's balls in your face is incredibly motivating. Will increase your bench press by at least 100 pounds. Hey, how long is it not gay that I want to sleep with Bruce Jenner? I mean, after he has the operation, he's gonna have the oldest, newest vagina on earth. I want in. Just for the story alone. Can you imagine the first time somebody goes inside that's like, dude, you used to be on a Wheaties box. If that's wrong, I don't want to be right, brother. I mean, I just turned 46. I think I look pretty good for my AIDS. Age, age. I see a lot of young guys in the room. You haven't uh, had the benefit of what I had the other night. I had my annual health exam, you know. Everything was awesome. Doctor checked my ears. He said, Earl, you're great. There's nothing between them. You look great. Your heart, you got the heart of a 20-year-old. Your lungs are crystal clear. Never had a cigarette in my life. And I'm all happy. I'm putting my pants back on. He's like, well, Earl, how old are you again? I said, Doc, I just turned 46. He's like, oh, wait a minute. There's one more examination you get now. And I'm like, what is that, doctor? He's like, take off your pants, bend over that table, and cough. I'm like, uh, there's nothing in my mouth. Uh, He's like, there will be in a minute. <laughs> and he's putting his hand in this huge jub of Vaseline and just, without even kissing me first, goes right up the gut. And you know, it's really weird. You know, the first 10 seconds, no doubt about it, are awkward. I mean, I'm like the 405 North back there. No southbound lanes. And then the next 10 minutes aren't so bad. It's like he's making cotton candy back there. It was so good, I went back twice the next day. He's like, girl, I don't have to see you for another year. I'm like, no, I'm just here for that last part. Uh, actually, uh, I had a really super fun audition today. I, it was for a Michael Bay film. And, uh, you know, it was a strange audition because it was for the role of white supremacist number nine. Uh, well, I'm waiting for the callback. It was a very strange... I can't believe they... Sir, I'm Jewish. I'm glad you like me, but don't point at me like this. Salute, so, salute, so, salute. So, so. Didn't I see you at an affliction shirt convention? <laughs> so. so I go into the room, there's one person in the room, Michael Bay, and he's like the biggest director producer in the world right now. He's like, come on in Earl, I saw your audition reel, I thought you'd be perfect for the part, which is really scary that my audition reel screams white supremacist number nine. And he's like, you know, uh, I'm not really pleased with what I've seen so far, so I hope, uh, you know, I gotta ask you a couple questions. I don't wanna waste any more of my time. 
Question number one, you know what you're auditioning for? Would you shave your head? I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm in my 40s. It's not gone by now, it'll grow back, you know? They even say, uh, if you shave your head, it grows back thicker. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem, man. Like, Question number two, would you get tattoos? Now, I don't have any tattoos, so I'm like, well, they're not permanent, Mr. Bay, are they? He's like, no, no, they're henna tattoos. They'll take about six hours to put on. They'll last about a month, and they'll say some really racially insensitive things. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no problem, Mr. Bay. And he looks at me and goes, Jesus, no one's gotten past this question today. And he's like, well, I gotta ask you this question. Like I said, you know what you're auditioning for and I have to know this. Are you comfortable saying the N-word on camera? And I'm like, and get paid? Because I've been saying that for free my whole life. And he's like, well, Earl, that's good to know. Uh, but I, I tell you what, we might have a problem here. Uh, it's not that I don't think someone who looks like you wouldn't say that word, but you know, I once had a skydiving film. Lead actor said he wasn't afraid of heights. First day of filming, he wouldn't go on the mountain because he was afraid of heights. So I'm gonna have to hear you say that word. Now I'm not gonna say that word. It's like the most filthy, disgusting word in the English language. So. I'm going to replace it with a slightly less offensive word, like uh, Armenians. And, uh... <laughs> Still waiting for the callback. <laughs> now, I'm a big uh, Motorhead fan. Uh, I love the band. A great one out of 500. This joke will go well. Actually, I can't lie to you. I don't like Motorhead at all, but I, I do go to all their concerts because I know I'll be the best-looking guy in the room for two hours. And the second-best-looking chick. I love going to concerts, though. You know, it's good. You, you guys are here to forget about your problems tonight. You know, your work week problems, relationship problems. I do the same thing, but I go to concerts. Like, probably my favorite concert I ever went to was... Poison, Cheap Trick, and Def Leppard. And it was right at, it was right at Irvine Meadows, or whatever it's called now, Verizon at Greenpeace Amphitheater. I don't know what it's called, but that was the show that, uh, it was a great show. Cheap Trick went first, and they are an awesome band. They did about 45 minutes, house lights go on, and a big sign appears behind the drum kit. It says, text 4532, and your message will appear on this screen. Uh, what could go wrong with this idea? <laughs> Certainly no one would type anything inappropriate. And the first message was so heartwarming. Dear Poison, please play I Won't Forget You Baby for my loving husband of 75 years, Rick. Which is crazy that there's a 100-year-old couple at a Poison concert. Then the second message equally as nice. Dear Def Leppard, please play Headed for a Heartbreak for my girlfriend of four hours, Jennifer. <laughs> and then I knew. I just had a hunch that the third text message would be pretty bad because of the marijuana haze in my section 
and the guy doing cocaine right next to me texting. Marries a slut and takes it in every orifice. Which totally ruined the rest of my concert that night. Because I'm going up to every girl in my section going, you're not Mary, are you? Now, actually, I'm a huge hockey fan. Any hockey fans in the house? I know you guys have the Ducks out here. We got the Kings where I'm from. You know, won two out of the three last Stanley Cups. I mean, still, people in L.A. would rather talk about how shitty the Lakers are, man. It's really... No. Come on, let's... I'm Kobe fan, too, except for what he did in Colorado. It's all good. If he would have showed that effort this year that he did in Colorado, they'd be in the playoffs. But, you know, hockey's not... It's still not a huge sport in America. and uh, I like it for one reason and one reason only. And people are like, why, the violence? I'm like, no, no. The speed and dexterity of what they do on an ice rink? No. I like hockey in 2015 for the simple reason that it's the only sport left for middle-sized white people. <laughs> oh, you laugh now, Irvine. But you look at an NBA highlight film in 1950. What'd you see? Shaq dunking? Kobe dribbling? LeBlanc flying through the air like a gazelle in the mountains. No. You saw a five foot six Jewish guy named Bob Cousy <laughs> shooting a set shot with his balls hanging out of his shorts. <laughs> Look like church bells down there. Here's the weird thing. You know, there's over 70 black hockey players in the NHL right now, but nobody's noticed because they all have white names. They have names like George LaRock, Donald Brashear, Fred. I mean, white people are going to get really nervous when Shaquille Olakawande shows up to the rank. Just think about it. What sports would we have left? Someone will come up to me after a show and be like, Earl, don't worry about it. You guys will always have NASCAR. I was like, first off, what's with the you guys comment? It's not like I'm the head of the Aryan Brotherhood. Uh, second off, NASCAR is not really a sport. I mean, that's an activity you can do in the parking lot of a Walmart. Like, all right, Earl, you got us on NASCAR, but you guys will always have golf. And it's like, excuse me? Did you see who won almost every tournament the last 12 years? And he was pretty busy off the course. I mean, that's how good he was. Imagine if you're like the number two golfer in the world, Phil Mickelson, and you're sweating your ass off for 22 hours out of the day on the driving range, fine-tuning your swing to the most minute of details and Tiger's at the titty bar for 22 hours out of the day. Fine-tuning his swing. And he's still winning by 10 strokes. And they're like, all right, Earl. You got us on NASCAR. You got us on golf. But you guys will always have women's tennis. It's like, excuse me? 
Have you seen the Williams Brothers play? You better bring it in that bedroom. I was actually watching one of the Williams sisters' tennis matches the other day until I realized I was watching Alien vs. Predator. I was watching TV the other night. I love these commercials they have for toilet paper. It's like, I don't really think toilet paper needs its own commercial, you know. It's, it's not really a lot of guesswork as the end product and the end result for that item, you know. It, it is what it is, but I finally got it when it aired right after an Arby's commercial. Because <laughs> if you've had five sandwiches for a dollar at Arby's, You've had to reach for some brawny right after. <laughs> now, I know brawny's a dish towel, but trust me, five sandwiches for a dollar at Arby's, you're grabbing for whatever your hands can get to first. But my favorite sport's football. I love football, man. Of course, my favorite team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, I get a lot of flack for liking Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback. Because I don't believe that first girl, he said, he raped her in Reno. I've been to Reno. You don't have to rape anybody there. <laughs> Trust me on that one. They got a heartbeat. They want it. <laughs> but my favorite part of any football game is that first series of downs when the announcers get so excited to introduce you to the starting lineups. And in the Steelers' case, they start off with their smartest player, Troy Polamalu. And he's very eloquent, very well-spoken for an NFL player. And that little Brady Bunch screen pops up and he looks at the camera in a real sexy voice just like mine and goes, Troy Palomalu, University of Southern California. And then they get to the next guy, Ike Taylor, the U. Uh, I don't even know what school the U is. But he says it with such conviction, you're like, it's gotta be a great school. <laughs> and then they get to the next guy, Casey Hampton, the Ohio State. Like there's two Ohio States and this guy picked a better option. <laughs> and then they get to the last couple guys on the team and these guys are absolute morons, but they're starters and they gotta get to them. And the 10th guy is like, Mike Mitchell. <laughs> William Jefferson. Second grade. <laughs> and then they get to the last guy. And he's Palomalu's free safety partner, so they can't exclude him. And he just looks into the camera with the blankest stare of all time, like, Donnie Shell. <clears throat> Los Angeles. <laughs> Guys, enjoy the rest of the show. My name's Earl Skakel. 